0: Come on Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, the not are so bloody slow You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen Put on that lily white and run on to the green White our
1: Lane has seen its pain, it's had its low of nights we fought our team through thick and thin and
0: all those boring nights And when the game is done we'll sing a song and talk it out all night
2: Good evening, welcome to Season 2, Episode 8 of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. Joining me this week, um, first time in fact this season, so we've got Carol Hayward from Leafy Surrey. Hello there. And Guy Jinks from Warwickshire. Good evening. Hi, right, okay, let's rewind a few days and go back to Thursday. Um, We had a game against um, Monaco in the Europa League. Guy, you were there. <laughs> why don't you talk? Why don't you talk us through um, your day and 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 the match,
3: if you can yeah. remember
1: it. Yeah, I was going to say I remember the train down on Wednesday night to London, um, and then from then on it was pretty much an alcoholic blur. <laughs> uh, I remember it raining a lot, and I remember we didn't see much of Monte Carlo because we found a pub that we liked and stayed in there for about eight hours. <laughs> um, there was six of us and the bar bill was I think it was six hundred eighty quid, so we did alright in there. Um, but, yeah, the game itself is what you're probably interested in. To be honest with you, know, it's a terrible thing to say, but <laughs> we were, um, it was pretty flat, really. I think the atmosphere, I mean, the ground itself, it's more impressive inside than out because you don't even—you can't even see that it's a football ground until you get in here, if that makes any sense. It's on about the fifth floor, I'm led to believe, of a shopping precinct, although I couldn't tell what it was. Wow. Um, I knew all that before we went, but... It's a bit eerie, really, because I don't know how many it's supposed to hold, but you could probably see from the TV that it was... It, well, if it was a fifth full, that was about it. I,
3: th- I think they did say... Um, can you remember, Jav, what they said, what it holds? Was it about 18,000? I think something like that, yeah.
1: Well, I, I still don't know what the attendance was. I never did find out. But, I mean, I'd, I'd estimate that if there was... A th- I think there was 900 to 1,000 Spurs fans. Yeah,
3: I think they said 900, yeah.
1: I would guess that the, the attendance was probably not more than about five or 6,000 then. Mm. If that... and it, I, I don't know, it's, it made for a pretty poor game, really. It's quite an open stadium as well with a running track around it. So, again, you know, it's it's not one of them closed-in stadiums that can generate a good atmosphere. Um, and I don't know, the game just sort of... I mean, I, I'm not necessarily solely because of the atmosphere. It could have something to do with 14 beers before the game. But it, it just seemed to pass us by, really. We all sort of said afterwards, you know, we looked comfortable. They didn't look like scoring. Well, not that I can remember, anyway. Um... And then all of a sudden, it just we just seemed to st- I don't know stop playing. And they, we to be fair, I remember saying we could see the equalizer coming when it came. They and came was, back
3: into it.
1: Yeah, definitely. That seemed to, to us. and it was just it was just a flat atmosphere. It was just a really flat atmosphere. Great trip. Don't get me wrong. I mean, for me, the Euro trips away are just fantastic. I'd recommend that you get on one if you possibly can. If you're lucky enough to get on one, they're really great. But the game itself, I thought, was we never looked in trouble um not you know i mean obviously they had patches that are home team at the end of the day but overall i thought we looked quite comfortable and then you know possibly we could have put the game to bed before they equalized but then oddly i thought once they'd equalized we had visions of them going on to win it because i just thought we fell apart a little bit and got a little bit sort of desperate then but uh with the results elsewhere i think you know before the game we all said you take a draw you'd you take a draw away at monaco but yeah. um Mm. Ultimately, the game itself was a little bit of a damp squib, and I really thought we should have gone on to win it. But as I say, not a disaster by any means—a one-one draw.
2: And we're still. Top it was. With... It was one-one. Yeah, it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was. <laughs> I'd forgotten too. I wasn't even. Drunk. It was. Um, it was and um, we're still top of the group. Karabag beats um, and left, so which is I suppose unexpected.
3: Yeah, unbelievable. Um,
2: yeah, definitely. We're above them and. By all accounts, it sounds like you had a really good day and a game of football got in the way. Um, Well, pretty much, yeah. I
1: mean, I say that about most away games, but it was very much the case on this occasion. Um, (laughs) The one thing I would say is that I think the the, the draw for the games, the order of the games, has favoured us a little bit as well. Because on paper, before the games had started, you would have probably said that Monaco and Anderlecht away were the two most difficult games we'd face. And to get them out of the way, sort of in the first three, you know, you wouldn't have, you perhaps wouldn't have fancied going away to Monaco for a deciding game, the last game of the group or something. So oh. I think if we can get something of Andelecht, yeah, the rest of it's, you know, on paper again, it's not always doesn't always work that way. But you'd think that we'd be uh, would be favourites to qualify.
2: But well, it's, it's, well, back back to back games against left and then Carabag away and then we finish off Monaco home. Um,
3: I was expecting Monaco to be a lot better. Actually, I thought they were. They looked quite old. They're quite an aged team. And then there was us with all this youth. Um, I thought we could. Be, I always thought we could step step up another gear or two. We kind of didn't. Um, yeah, know. so I saw it. And then they came back in the second half. They made a couple of really good subs. I think brought on a couple of younger-looking, newer players that they've got. And they made a big difference, I think. And um, then we're on the back back foot for quite a bit of the second half.
1: The, th- the I vaguely remember we were discussing it. Um, I, I remember thinking, I didn't think Kane played that well. I still maintain that he's trying a bit too hard. I don't think he had his best game. Um, and I thought, Toby at the back, I won't even try and say his surname, but I thought he was outstanding. He he, he looked to me like to have had a storming game. Uh, mm. And I thought Lamella as well. He did very, very, very well for the goal. I mean, he started it in his own half and ended up getting on the end of it as well so mm-hmm. it was all looking good and then as I say it just seemed to fall away
3: yeah the atmosphere was poor I don't know whether that helped or not
1: yeah. I, I, well yeah we discussed that as well I mean the Spurs fans I watched the highlights when I got back um, and I don't think you could even hear us and yet the 900 lads that were there to be fair they were, we were scattered about in the in the end we got because some were trying to get under the shelter of the rain some didn't care <laughs> and um <laughs> There was lads next to us chanting all the way through. And, they, you know, we did our best. But, as I say, when you've only got about three, 4,000 people scattered around the rest of the stadium, it's going to be difficult to generate any kind of atmosphere, really.
3: They've probably all been drinking all day as well, just knackered.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're definitely. Yeah. Sleeping. We'd be at, we'd, we'd at it till about... I think we started on the train down. Well, I don't even want to think about it, but we had an awful lot to drink.
2: <laughs> hmm. um, what did you I, think,
3: Jeff?
2: I, I, I was just going to say, I wonder how much of the performance on Thursday um subconsciously how much the players had Sunday in mind the fact that they're playing an important game in the Premier League on Sunday and you know quite a lot of quite a lot of the players that featured on Thursday played yesterday um and how many of them maybe didn't give it their all um let me rephrase that, because that sounds, sounds like I'm suggesting that they're not professional, which I'm sure they are But just, you know, back of your mind, you've got another game, and whether we didn't go into it at full pelt, you know, at full steam.
3: you think they'd be up for a game away at Monaco. What a, You know, what a great fixture. No?
2: Oh, it's a
1: difficult one. I mean, I... Was... I don't know. I've never actually been a professional footballer, obviously, but I've always found it hard to sort of. I'm, not, I'm sure it happens because you hear ex professionals talking about it, but I've always found it difficult to believe that professionals can actually <clears throat> switch off a little bit when they're playing. I mean, I, I, I can understand, you know, possibly faced with a crunching 50 50 tackle, somebody can possibly pull out of it a little bit. Mm. But other than that, I, I find it. I, I can't see how a, a, a gang of, you know, a, a set of players at that level can. Can give it half pace. I mean, I under, again, I understand it, happens, but I don't know. I don't know what it was. I'm glad he went with the full strength
2: team, though. We were yeah. quite pleased yeah. about that. I think that yeah, was the we right were. thing to do. Yeah, I mean, let's watch. Um, the only, the only people that didn't feature yesterday, I think, were the full-backs. But I think that that's going to happen. I can see that happening a lot this season, where, where he alternates between. Oh, he played and,
3: Trippier, didn't he? Yeah. yeah,
2: Trippier and and Rose at left back, but the rest of the team was. Um, it's pretty much,
4: I, I was surprised
2: that he he went with both Larice and um, sorry with both Toby and Jan. I thought that one of them would play, and yeah. then um, Kevin Wimmer would get a chance because I think that's what he, what he did against Carabag. But you know, fair, yeah. fair play to him; he, he played the strongest team and, and...
1: That, it's a, it's actually a good point actually that you've raised about the fullbacks there. And I know. Um... Carol's going to spit at me down the phone on this one because I know she doesn't. We don't. Me, me and Carol don't necessarily agree on this particular point. Um, but I think it it might be significant that he's more prone to switching the full-backs because they they cover more ground. They they're up and down more. I mean, I'm not going to dispute what Carol says. They pocket forward as much as they did last season, but certainly the onus is on them when we don't play naturally wide players. Middle or loads of five man midfield. It's quite a conundrum that is. But the fullbacks do get up and down a little bit, and it's possibly them that they're getting more energy than the rest and possibly do need rest rather than play every game, you know?
3: I thought Trippier had a really good game, actually. He put some really decent crosses in.
1: Yeah, I thought he played well, yeah. I, I, my initial instinct for the goal, I remember thinking he's, he got caught under the ball a little bit and the fella coming in got above him to head it in. But when I've seen it since on tele, I mean, I think sometimes you have to just take your hat off and say it was a great cross that just needed attacking. Hmm. Sometimes you can't defend against stuff like that and I think it was again, you know, instinctively at the time I remember think he's could have done a little bit better, but when he's headed at you from two it's about four or five yards out. Another day that hits his knee and goes over the bar or something, but on this occasion it just squeezed in. Mm.
3: It's one of them. I can't remember the goals.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Strangely enough, I can. I don't understand that.
3: <laughs> I remember Trippier putting in some good crosses though. I do remember that. Because our crosses have been so poor lately, um, I thought, and um, oh, maybe he's a good crosser. Good, I'm glad he's had a game.
4: I
1: think he's another another Walker myself. I think they're very similar. I think that, from what I've seen a trip here, which is not a lot. I think no, not uh, a lot. No, but if, he's, if there's anything like, he's another one potentially better going forward than he is a defending, but oh. um, it'll be interesting to see. Having said that, I'm not going to let anybody slag Walker off, as I'm sure lots of people are doing, but.
2: That's a yeah. pet hate mine. Yeah. <laughs> so clear. L- l- let's come to that. So uh, uh, no. to, to, to Walker and... Well, okay, so j- just on, on on Monica, I think all in all, we probably would have taken a point before the game and um, we're top of, the, top of the table. So, um, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, yesterday, I was at the Swansea game. Um, where shall I begin? Um, nice trip to, <clears throat> to, to, to Wales. For the first time I'd been to Wells in over a quarter, of, over a quarter of a century, so that makes me feel quite old. Cool. Um, and yeah, nice day out. Um, I didn't have the best atmosphere-wise. It was okay, um, but where I was sat, I wasn't. I was quite low. I was like two rows from the bottom, so um, I wasn't amongst. Um, Should we say the more hardcore element of of far away fans? Um, and plus also. In contrast to some of the other away games that I've done, um normally we tend to make a lot of noise. Um and that that's more so than the home fans. I think to be fair to Swansea, their their home fans were really good. They were making a lot of noise and it was quite difficult to compete with that. Um their atmosphere was really good and, and I like it when opposition fans um, generate a lot lot of noise. You get that for instance with Palace when they come to White Hart Lane they create a lot of noise. Um and i and I I respect that. Um and yeah, it was it was it was nice to see. Um we could have done without a few of the um rugby taunts um from the <laughs> Swansea fans um stick your chariot up your ass was, was one of the um things that they were singing. But um yeah it was come a... on, Carol.
3: I was just gonna say you got on telly, we all saw you.
2: Yeah, so I had a <laughs> I had a spot right behind the goal and um, when Ericsson got the equaliser I was um, recording that with my phone. Um, and and he scored and then he came towards us and celebrate and um I appeared in on, on a few photos. Um, for some reason I was raising a finger. I'm not sure to who <laughs> or what, but I but
3: there's been so many pictures of you. You've gone viral, mate. <laughs> um,
2: but as for the game itself, I felt it was just one of those games where um, you just feel right from the outset, from when um, from when Swansea scored to when after we equalised and they scored again, or when Harry, bless him, put the ball in his own, in his own net. You just knew it's going to be one of those days where. It was just a funny old game where it's just not going to go our way. Um, I felt on balance probably 2 all was a fair result because I think they played quite well.
3: Yeah, they Swansea, did.
2: Swansea, um, I think the goals that we conceded were a bit crap, but but overall I thought Swansea did quite well.
3: I thought um, their first goal was very good.
2: Right, so you've both seen this, or at least seen highlights. Um, their goal, I thought... Um, the, the number twenty, whose name I can't pronounce, but I'll, I'll just call him Mojito. Um, <laughs> he, I he put a good ball in, and I thought it was a fantastic header. But I think Walker, Walker got a lot of stick from our fans as, as did Chadley, and I'll, I'll come to that in a, in a minute. But Walker, um,
3: his name is Ontero, isn't it? Montero. Yeah. But, no, Ontero.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Montero. Yeah. But Mojito sounds better. Anyway, um, <laughs> so he put a ball in and um,
3: he had so much space the whole first half. Big.
2: He had a lot of space. He had and... loads of
3: space. And he, he, had... dom- he dominated that left hand side and Walker was wasn't with him quite a lot of the time. I don't know. He... They broke quite quickly, <clears throat> actually, didn't they? Because we had a lot of possession and they broke. Yeah. And up he went, upfield, up the left, and he put some really good crosses in, and the header was fantastic,
2: I thought. The, the header was fantastic, but do either of you think that... Uh, um, who was marking him? Was it the, 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 um, the Tongan? I, I was just a bit surprised that nobody else got, got anywhere near that, really. I know it was a very good header, and he's sort of leaning back, and yeah. but I was just surprised that...
3: I don't know. Was that from the break? I can't really remember. If it was on a break, then maybe they just hadn't kind of like caught up and sorted themselves out there.
1: From what I saw, I thought, I remember thinking that Walker, um, he did well to stand him up the first time. What's his name? Mojito. Let's stick with yeah.
3: Mojito. He,
1: he held him up to start with, if I remember rightly, and stood him up. But then I thought the winger, Mahito did very well to switch to his other foot and then it because he, he's, he's gone down the left tried, he looks as if he's shaping to cross with his left and then he came back in on his right and dinked it up with his right foot which I thought was really clever hmm. and I don't know whether the fact that he just checked back um, for Tongan I thought it might have been was perhaps on the wrong foot Yeah, and, the, the, and I thought the forward did really really well because he took a step back and he dropped back and he really had to get up high and get the header in hmm. again you know, if you're really going to be nitpicking, you could say Walker should have stopped the cross coming in because that's what a fullback's job is, and Vertonghen should have been tied to marking. But you get to the point where you think, you know, if you're going to analyse it that deeply, you'll never see a goal scored.
3: No. Mm.
1: And there's always going to be good play that I think you have to perhaps take your hat off sometimes. Yeah. And you know, Walker could have. Put, I'm not. I'm not blindly sticking up for Walker. I'm, I know he's got his faults. I thought he possibly could have done better to, to keep the fella out, but at the end of the day, he's a good player, that Montero. He's roasted a few fullbacks this year already.
2: He, he has, and I think first half, uh, as you said, Carol, I think he, he got the better of Walker. Walker made look Walker made one or two mistakes in the first half, but he also did. He, he also made one or two good inter, interceptions, and he did try to recover and um, certainly in the second half, not allow um, Montero and Mahito to get the better of him. Um, I couldn't help thinking that Walker was left isolated a few times, and Lamella wasn't tracking back no. to help Walker. Now but the thing,
3: the thing was, we had so much possession up until their goal. Yeah, and, and they did break, and they were breaking, and you know, it was it was fast breaking football that we weren't quite keeping up because we were yeah. kind of pressing.
2: That's true. So, the, the, the 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 trouble with the way I see it, with the system we play, we don't play with natural wingers. No. Um, we don't play with four four two, okay. And if you look at particularly Lamella, who I thought again he, he did okay yesterday. He, he's 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 had a few games where he's played well, and I think yesterday he he did okay. He, he has a tendency to come off the right and come into the centre a lot, and that's fine. I've got no issues with that. But when he does, um, if we lose the ball, we leave leave ourselves a little bit open on the right-hand side. If you contrast that to on the left-hand side, you've got Chadley who tends to, I can't say hug the t- touch line, but he, he's, he tends to stay on the left more. Maybe he'll, he'll come in on his right foot, but he tends to stay on that wing, so to speak. Um, whereas Lamela drifts a lot inwards. Um, mm-hmm. And I just felt that Walker was left isolated a few few times. And what was what really pissed me off was within earshot of me, you had Spurs fans, not just one, one, two, three, four, shouting, and they're they're the ones obviously I could hear within earshot. Not to mention all the other ones that I couldn't. Were just shouting abuse, you know, f this, and Walker, you see that you're fucking shit, and the same about same same of Chadley as well, and questioning Chadley. And the thing that really annoys me is we've all got different opinions about football. Some people will criticise Walker, some will stick up for him. With Lamella, we've had this as well. And that's fine. That's part and parcel of football. Um, what really annoys me, though, is when it's not... When people don't do it in a rational way and it's they just... Yeah. And and it's like, firstly, right, these are Tottenham players um, and you should get behind the team. And I don't like it when one of our own players, he's, he's playing in the in the lily-white, maybe Addy being the exception, but even that was he was a Tottenham player, to be fair, until he, until otherwise. Um, when you start slagging off your own players, how do you expect them to go and... They can, they can hear that. How do you exactly. Expect them to, they're not
3: deaf, are they? No. You know,
2: they, you should,
3: and they read social media as well, when they can see themselves getting slagged off all over whatever bloody site people are on doing it. Yeah. Twitter, and, mainly. It's outrageous. The,
2: the, and the other thing that, that, that stri- strikes me is just... Delia made a, made a one or two mistakes in that match. Okay, really? now he, 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 he absolutely, but but Alley is a boy wonder. Suddenly now, you know everybody's and ble- new he, messiah. he's a new messiah. Don't get me wrong, he's a he looks a really good footballer, and and that's fine. But he's suddenly the new messiah. A lot of our fans is talking him up, and that's it. He made a few mistakes yesterday. Nobody got on his back, and nor should they. But he can get away with that, but Chadley can't. Walker can't, and I just something about that I just don't find particularly palatable. In my opinion,
1: um, I mean, first and foremost, regarding the uh, the cover for Walker, I mean, I, as I said before I'm a firm believer that Pochettino uh, encourages his fullbacks to get forward, and when and when you think we play initially, he was playing two what I consider to be pretty standard defensive midfield players if you want to call them something else that's up to I know what other people do but ultimately it was Bentaleb and Mason and then obviously Dyer's coming but it was Dyer and Bentaleb for the first game of the season now when there's two players playing sitting a bit deeper in midfield in Lamella's defense going back to what your initial point was there Javed, um yeah. is when Walker gets forward or on the other the other fallback be it Rose or Davis whoever it is then in my opinion anyway it should be one of them two sitting sitting midfield players that shuffle across because in theory Lamella is part of the attack that Walker or Rose are initiating with their runs, if that makes any sense. And I was a firm believer last season that it was the two defensive midfield players, much as they had a good season and they burst through onto the scene and, you know, made names for themselves. Sometimes both of them were caught a little bit slow to get across and cover that gap behind where the fullback's gone.
3: They stay very central. I think. Yeah,
1: and I think if, you get, if you're if playing... I mean, I'm a firm believer that we don't need two defensive midfield players, but, you know, that's just my opinion. Mm. And I, I would suggest that Pochettino is possibly sliding away from it a little bit, maybe because of the success Dyer's had in that role, because mm. he's played Ali with him a couple of times, and I don't think anybody can say Ali's an out-and-out defensive midfield player. I think he's more box-to-box.
3: Exactly. Okay.
1: But what you could argue there is if Walker's going to continue to get forward, and let's face it, w- without out and out wingers as you said Jav Walker's going to be encouraged to do so as is Rose or whoever Davis then you, you, you sit sitting midfield player if, if he wasn't doing it when there was two of them then the chances are that Walker's going to get caught even more often on occasions and I think that's that's something that you know it's not just Walker who's getting caught when he gets forward it's it's because of the, the rest of the way the team's set up and it's possibly not always working having said all that let's face it we've had a good start to the season we've been beaten once in the league and you know as regards Walker's performances, I think they've been very good. But fast forward back to what you just t- t- um, touched on. Then, I mean, I've been going for donkeys years, and I'm, you know, I've I've heard it for years. I've had I've nearly come to blows with Spurs fans over individuals, to be honest. Genis was always one. He didn't matter what Genis did, he was always going to get pelters, and he d- mm. used to do me. But I think sometimes it's not so much the criticism players get. I mean, I dare say I've been prone to it a couple of times. You know, you shout abuse in the heat of the moment, but. Some players, are, I'm, I'm a firm believer. I don't want to get on a high horse about this one. as I was accused of yesterday, <laughs> but um, <laughs> there are some players that've got a free pass, and it doesn't matter what they do. Exactly, they'll never be criticised. Whereas other players, I think some fans have made their minds up before they even kick a ball.
3: Yeah,
1: and they can do some some, some really good things, and you know they'll be grudgingly appreciated. And then when they make one mistake, they'll be they'll be just slaughtered. And that's what I just don't get. I don't get it. All right, you know, if a player's had a bad season, like I'm, I'm told Walker, hasn't, he wasn't at his best last year. And, he, you know, he, he wasn't. But he's been probably our best player, I would suggest, consistency-wise, him and Dyer. Yeah. Yeah. And yet, there are still fans that are waiting for him to trip up. And it's the same with, again, you know, it was quite heatedly discussed yesterday on Facebook. It's the same with Townsend, in my opinion. And it sounds like Chadley as well. Hmm. Now, so they're not the best players in the world. Of course, they're not. They wouldn't be playing for Tottenham if they were the best players in the world. But I just think that some fans are waiting for them players to to make a mistake, and they overlook the good things they did. Absolutely. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. It's blinkered. It's what I call. I think it's just blinkered. I
3: mean, I almost think it's is willing them. Almost I just think willing them opinion. to make a bloody mistake.
1: Yeah, possibly. I don't know about willing them. <clears throat> I don't know. I'm not sure, but certainly they're, they're, they're pounced on as soon as they make a mistake, and it's it, I don't know, but then again, I think Spurs fans have always been like that. If I'm, tired, you know, in my opinion, in my experience, and I would imagine other clubs are probably the same. It's just, it's just one of them things. You get, eaten, you get passionate during the game, and people get, you know, they get uptight. And let's face it, we all see games differently.
2: Yeah.
1: But it, that is one thing that annoys me that some players just get pelted no
2: matter what they do, and other players don't.
3: Totally agree.
2: I, I think that um, it's interesting what you said earlier about, you know, in 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 the sort of um, and heat at the moment we're all prone to saying things and that's fine but it's when constantly throughout the match you've yeah. got this guy just saying oh Chadley this and, and or Walker or, or whatever and the funny thing is a few weeks ago Lamella was getting lots of stick right yesterday he didn't get any stick at all all right, that's that's great, and that's lovely to see. And I remember they're,
3: they're so fickle, just that's so it, fickle. They're so
2: bloody fickle. That's the thing that really annoys me because what? right, right at the beginning of the game, somebody said, "Oh yeah, you know Lamella's doing really well. He looks like he's really enjoying himself." Oh, it's so much a confidence thing. And the same people were then slagging off Chadley. Chadley was somebody who got. Who, I'm pretty sure he he was in double figures last season.
1: Yeah, he goals. was. Yeah, yeah, he
2: was. I think,
1: I mean, in all fairness, I think Chadley can be, he's a frustrating player. I, I like Chadley and I've said all along, I think he'll come good. And I mean, all right, he's been there three years. You could argue it's about time he did. But as you said, Javi he scored into double figures last year. I just think, we, we I look at Chadley and I think you've got everything that you need to be an absolute top player. And he's a little bit too inconsistent at times. Mm. But that doesn't give someone, that, you know, in my opinion, it doesn't justify somebody just giving him pelters the minute he steps onto the pitch. I'll get, let me, I've just got to tell you this quickly because this sums it up. I don't know if you remember the game a few seasons back. It was, I'm sure it was Keane's, Robbie Keane's second season at Spurs, and I took my stepdaughter to a game at White Hart Lane. And I was, I borrowed my mate's season ticket, him and his mate's season ticket, and we were right at the back of the um, the Paxton, and it, I'm sure it was against Burnley, and there was a, a row of three or four fellas in front of us in the row in front. And the one bloke in front of me, he was constantly on his phone all the way through texting. So, he wasn't even really watching the game. And I mean constantly. It wasn't, it wasn't like a text every five minutes. And all the way through the game, he was slating Keane. Absolutely slagging Keane to pieces. F off back to Liverpool. You're yeah, useless. And all the rest of it. Robbie Keane scored four goals that day.
2: Mm, yeah.
1: And he was still giving it him. And in the end, when he scored his fourth goal, I slapped him around the back. I mean, I probably shouldn't have done that. But I clicked him around the back of the ear hole. he turned around. And... We exchanged a couple of words and basically I told him, I basically said, why do you even bother coming to the game? You ain't watching it. And you just seem to come and vent on a player who's just scored his fourth goal. You are you know, you're effing disgrace, sort of thing. And that sums it up. I mean, I'm not saying everybody's as extreme as that. But you've got to ask yourself why these people even bother coming to the game sometimes when they're that bad. And I'm not suggesting for a minute that it's been that bad, you know, for Walker and the rest of it. But there are people out there that are like that. It's, It's crackers.
3: I don't think I've ever hated any of our players and wanted to abuse them like that, ever. I remember the guy that sat behind us where our season tickets are had it in for Walker, Ian Walker. And, mm. and, you know, I just, and I've got it in my ear the whole game, every every time, you know, he, he might even make a save and, oh, you should have done, blah, blah, blah. it's just ridiculous.
1: Yeah, it is. It's, it's a personality thing. It's got to be. Somebody's, they develop they a, a dislike of a certain player. Yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, the, bad, the, the the good things they do seem to get forgotten. The bad and that's, things they and do. And that's
3: the worst thing, is that they can't see the good, only the bad. And that's what really, really irks me about the whole thing. The,
2: the, f- the funny thing is, right, so yesterday, let's face it, if Son had been fit, he would have started, right, instead yeah. of Chadley, OK? Yeah. But he wasn't. So Chadley comes in, fine, right? The person who's, who's within earshot of me slagging off or persons that are slagging off Chadley... Who would they have put in the starting line-up, then, instead of Chadley?
3: Exactly. Okay. You ask them that question, they can't answer you. It's a bit like Levy out. OK, who do you want in? They, they can't answer it. Mm.
2: So, the the only... If you're going to go like-for-like... Like, um, right, we've got Andres Townsend, but he tends to play on the right. He's al- he's done that for pretty much most of his Spurs career, um, even before...
3: Apart from when Lennon was on the Right.
2: Uh, I don't, yeah, but I don't think I think at that point Bale was in the team. I think if you go back at even when he was blown out here, there, and everywhere, he tended to play on the right and come in on his left foot. Um, so the only other one that I can think of is Clinton, um, Naji. Huh. Now I don't know he's he's not, I don't think he started any games for us. He's come off the bench a few times and he's looked sharp every time, um, but I don't know whether he's match fit yet. Um, or maybe Potch just wants to slowly um, integrate him into the team. So I
3: think, I think that's probably it. He wants yeah. to integrate him a bit. He's a bit of a headless chicken, isn't he? He's a bit of a loose cannon. I think at the moment he comes on in the last five or ten minutes, where and he wants to make some kind of an impact. So he's a bit sort of nuts. It'd be nice to see him. <laughs> just to be nice to see him integrated sort of gently, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I
2: mean, well, so- we, we've got the players that we've got, so we've just got to get on with it.
3: I didn't realise Chadley got a lot of stick, actually.
2: A lot. A lot yesterday. Um, And I think, I've got to say, I was surprised when when Potch had a question about this later on, but when Potch made the substitution, the first substitution, Lamella came off, I was surprised that Chadley Chadley didn't come off first because he he didn't have a great game. But, again, that didn't warrant some of the abuse that was being hurled in his direction.
3: Townsend come on for Lamella and then in G come on for Chadley. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah.
2: And
3: then Dembélé at the end for Kane. What the hell was he on? <laughs> did you see the mistake he made, Dembélé near the end.
1: I
2: didn't say anything. Oh didn't didn't show it, did they?
3: Yeah, no, not on TV. But they did it live game.
2: <laughs> I might have crept out of the stadium at that point. I think I left. I left in the 90 seconds. I think it was two, two minutes into injury time because I was trying to rush back and get get the train. Um, just, um...
3: I just want to point out that personally, I thought Townsend came on and made a big difference in the second half. Now you were there. Yeah. Did you think he did? Let's not talk um, about his end I, life, But I just okay. he rattled them a bit and he... I
2: thought that he did. I thought we he was a lot more direct. I don't understand this whole Townsend selfish. Um, because he likes (laughs) to have a shot. I like the fact, look, there are times when we've got the ball and we're sort of dilly dallying outside the box and we either hesitate to put a ball in um, or if we do, there aren't enough bodies in the box. um, And sometimes in some of those situations, you're, you're better off taking a shot. But then when I look around at some of those players, when it comes to taking a shot, Dembele's, got a shot on him he he holds on to it too much um lamella can be a bit hesitant i don't think he's got a good strike on him kane to be fair is one of those that that's quite happy to shoot and so is townsend and i've got no issues with them doing that and i don't think it's selfish
3: he had two Um, good shots on target and i think he had two that weren't on target and he gets slated
2: and he runs at people and he's quite direct um
3: the thing he doesn't do is he doesn't look up. He just needs to look up, I think. That, 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 a that, lot of our bloody players do. We
2: could argue the end that.
1: It, sorry, Jab, At the end of it, Andrew Townsend is a decent footballer. He's played for England several times. Exactly. He's not been discarded after one cap. He's, done, he's played well for England. He's scored goals for England in important games. Gareth Bale was scoring from 20 yards and everybody loved him. But he also hit the stand roof a few times with a few 25-yarders. You have to accept that. If people are shooting from that far out, they're going to get some wrong. Yeah, but got, what makes me smile, it goes back to what we just said about certain individuals. And again, I'm not sticking up for Townsend. I'm not saying he's you know, he's not the greatest footballer in the world. But he's coming on off the bench. He's trying to make an impact to get himself in the team. So he's bound to be doing things. <laughs> of
0: course, He, 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 he is going to make start, the right decision he? now
1: and again. But again, don't get me wrong. I don't want to get on Kane's back because I love the bloke to bits. But if anybody in the team has been shooting when he should have been passing, it's Harry Kane. Of
3: course it
1: is. Kane's had shots from all sorts of angles when he could have been slipping players in, but nobody says a thing about that.
3: And Again, again, someone comes on as a sub and gets blasted for doing it uh, when when Harry's been doing it the whole game.
1: I only saw the 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 highlights, and to be honest, I think they only showed showed one shot. Yeah, they 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 only showed showed one shot at Townsend, and it swerved and it nearly beat the keeper, who got it away with his feet.
3: I've been accused. Again? Of, I've been, i was accused of being an overprotective parent, like <laughs> protecting um, Townsend and and Walker. I guess maybe it's in my nature to to sort of protect the underdog. I don't know. But it...
1: p- from a personal perspective, I don't. I don't feel as if I'm overprotective of either. Of them. I, I just. I give them the same. Um, I judge them the same. I set the same standards as I do everybody else. Yeah. And if Harry Kane's shooting when he shouldn't be shooting, I'll be the first one to say he should have squared that. He should have passed that. And I'll say the same about Townsend. But then when Townsend rattles one off and he hits the bar or he, he scores or the keeper saves, you know, just like Wink, that's what you do as a football fan. You know, you cheer what you see and if it's wrong, you think, oh, I should have done something different. But you don't let it affect the way you feel about the bloke for the next 25 games. It's, yeah. it's, it's crackers. Yeah.
2: Look, it's conceivable that um, that Townsend might not start many games for us, okay, particularly with, with some of the signings we've made. Um but I can see him having a big part to play, particularly coming off the bench. Yeah. Um, he's quite direct. Um, yep. And and when he came on yesterday, we had that bit of urgency suddenly, particularly after we scored. That last, whatever it was, I can't remember, 15, 20 minutes, whenever it ate, um, Eric's not that like equaliser, we, suddenly we had a bit of, bit of urgency, a bit of momentum. And, you know, he's quite direct and he likes to run at people. And um, I don't understand the criticism. And, okay... Yeah, maybe sometimes he doesn't look up, but you could you could label that at many of our players, as you said, Carol, um, mm-hmm. particularly, and I've said this on, on podcasts before, maybe not in recent games, he's, he's done well for us, but if you go back to start of the season, Lamella. Yeah. Lamella, Lamella sometimes has got a tendency to play like a headless ch- chicken, running around, um, but not, you know not being direct Come, cu- cutting in cutting in cutting in I don't mind if he cuts in and takes a shot but he doesn't do that even he, he holds on to it which is good Um, but it's not towards the goal whereas with Townsend you know what you're going to get it's going to be direct and when he to be fair to him when he doesn't take a shot he'll he'll um, try if, and cross he, he'll, he'll, he'll tr- yeah he'll, he'll try to cross w- w- with his with his weaker weaker foot and and, and get um with with his right foot and get some balls into the box. Um, and that's different to any of the other players in um in our squad. Everybody else, if you look at our forward sort of players, we don't really t- now that we've lost Lennon, the only one that's more of a sort of traditional type of winger or sort of player that get gets to the bylo- byline and put put a ball ball into the box is, is Townsend. Yeah. Mm. Um just a really quick one on on <laughs> Yesterday, just coming back to something you said, guy, um, about um, the defensive sort of midfield player. I think in previous games, I've noticed I drops back um, and al- almost makes makes up a three, and and obviously because he's played right back as well, um, he can. I've seen him sometimes slot in and and cover for Walker. But one of the things that I feel with the way that we play under Poch, this sort of four-two-three-one, and you know pressing game and I I don't think if somebody has a bad game or, or if one or two players have a bad game it tends to affect everybody um, I feel I think that's true about the spine of the team certainly I yeah think
1: if you're two offs, I mean that's why I think we've looked a lot more solid when you've got the two uh, Belgian lads in there because they know each other's game anyway they're both very confident players, very capable players, and confident players. But um, if it, certainly, you know, them two with Dyer in front, I, I, well, obviously you could argue Kane as well if he gets firing again. Mm. But it's that spine. I know it's a cliche, and everybody will say the same about most sides. But I think occasionally you can get away with one of your three midfield, one of your three attacking midfield players having a little bit of an off game. I mean, I thought, yeah. for example, I thought Ericsson was quite poor in Monaco from what I remember. I mean, it might look different. Yeah, in telly, he was, he was, but he barely kicked it. Um, But, you know, as long as Lamella's having a decent game or if Son's playing, you know, one one or two of them three, you can get away (coughs) with perhaps having a poor game. Hmm. But I think your centre-offs, if you've got one of them not on song, you're in trouble. And and Lloris obviously goes without saying, if he's not playing well, then we are in serious bother. But I I, I, I don't know, I I don't think there's any sort of... I don't know. You look at certain teams and they've got certain players that you think if you can stop it... We'll stop them, and I just—I don't think Tottenham have, any, have got anybody like that, really. I mean, we're still it, it winning was, games.
3: It was Harry, wasn't it, all last yeah. season? But, but we I was going
1: we're we, still doing well this season. He isn't—he isn't scoring.
3: We don't have that player that's going to well, really a worry yesterday. people.
2: <laughs> Great finish. Yeah, it oh. was. Yeah, good. Bless God. him. Um, and I—I I think that. It's Coming back to my point, I think it's if you're pressing really high up the pitch. You all need to be doing it and doing it well. Definitely. Um, and I think defensively, I think that it's just it's one of those. What's that cliche about? You're only as strong as your weakest link. And I think that that's where sometimes we can be vulnerable. So if Walker's just for example, if he's out of position, then somebody's got to cover him. And then if you don't, then you. It, you're just going to look
1: disjointed. Yeah, it's got to be fluid. It's got to be very yeah. fluid.
2: Yeah, exactly. If
1: he goes up, then in my opinion, if, if if Walker flies forward, then Dyer, or if it's Ali or whoever's playing in there, has got to sit a little bit and possibly edge towards the right hand side. So if they come back down the, the space where Walker's left, there's somebody there to cover. I mean that that you know that's that's in how I would imagine the the system Pochettino plays is supposed to work. But mm. I think it's one of them where when it's working well, you probably don't even notice this. But then, when they score from that sort of situation, everybody's up in arms saying Walker's out of position or you know Stones is out of position, or that's where the goal come from. But again, I think sometimes you have to accept that there are going to be goals scored against you due to good play rather than anything we've done wrong.
2: Absolutely, yeah. Um, it just for final thing on Swansea. Um, in years got seasons gone gone by, we would have had a Europa game on the first day and then. Fallen apart on the Sunday. Um, okay, we didn't win. We didn't get three points, but we we came away with a draw. Um,
3: we didn't win we, either game.
2: <laughs> we didn't win either game. True, but we but 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 um, both credible results. Um, as you said earlier, guy, we've only lost one match this season um, in the Premier League, and I don't think that was a game we should have lost. Personally, no. Um, we're doing okay, um, and. Swansea still haven't beaten us um, in the Premier League since yeah. they've um, the, the, their best two results were a draw um, at the Liberty one all when Harry was manager and then two all yesterday so um, have...
3: they've, they've actually had a really poor start to the season too I think their yeah. manager the manager said that was the best that they've played so they, even they picked their game up so
2: a draw will do yep our cock is bigger than their swan
1: um, <laughs> I don't really want to see that DVD
2: <laughs> OK, right, in the second half of the podcast um, we'll, we'll do some questions we'll look at the Liverpool game um, take some predictions for that and Bex will have her segment on the Spurs ladies um, but before we do, here's Elliot line with this week's forward line
4: the forward line on the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast with me, Elliot Lyon, looking forward to the Premier League game against Liverpool on October 17th. We've had difficulty against Liverpool in recent seasons, losing each of our last five meetings by a combined score of 18 goals to 4. In this fixture last season, we lost 3 0 to goals from Sterling, Gerrard, and Alberto Moreno. Nevertheless, I see us as narrow favourites to win the game, but it's far from a foregone conclusion. I rate the likelihood of a scoring as a cool 65%, of his scoring more than once as 24%, of his keeping a clean sheet as around 40%. The most likely score lines are a 1-1 draw, a 1-0 win, a 1-0 defeat, and a 0-0 draw. Overall, I have 38% for a Spurs win, 30% for a draw, and 32% for a Liverpool win. This has been the forward line with Elliot Line. Come on, you Spurs!
2: Right, welcome back. Thank you, Elliot, for the forward line. So, turning to that Liverpool match. So we played Liverpool a week Saturday because it's an international break. They've just sacked Brendan Rodgers. Um, <laughs> my heart bleeds <laughs> for him. Um, possibility that Klopp might come in as manager. Um, strong possibility. I wanted Cl-
3: I wanted Klopp for us before Pochettino came.
2: I want to get his brother
1: in Clipperty. I'm here all week
3: (laughs) unfortunately
1: Right. Um, just a quick one on Rogers. I've got to say about the Rogers thing because that made me laugh Um, he got what he wanted in the end did he not because as he said in his own white words of wisdom if you spend 100 million you should be challenging for the title and clearly they're not and he did ask I believe to be judged after three years and clearly he has (laughs) bye bye
2: Brendan Um, I was speaking (laughs) to Liverpool Liverpool (laughs) A fan at work today, and she wasn't too surprised that um, that Rodgers had gone. In fact, she wasn't a big fan of his, um, and she was going on about how the best manager they've had in recent years was Rafa Benitez, and she was quite happy for him to come back. Um, but Rodgers, yeah. Rodgers was media friendly. Rodgers,
1: he had the white teeth, and he could talk, and he was very calm in front of the cameras. He's a fraud. The bloke's—he's tactically a, a numpty. He comes in the league. He, had he cost his teeth them the league done. two years ago. He wants him kicking out. <laughs> but he, he he cost them the league two years back with horrendous, horrendous tactical uh, decisions. When they they were playing Chelsea at Anfield when Chelsea had to win and they sat back. So Liverpool went for him. I mean what, that's ridiculous. Just sit back. If Chelsea have got to win the game and they don't want to attack you, let them, let them leave them to it. And then to throw a three goal lead away at Palace, he like I say, the man's a he's yeah. he's overrated, he's a fraud. He's just good at media stuff, and that's why he's got where he has. They are a bit, like they're,
3: they're, they're a bit like us, though. They carry on playing, carry on wanting to get another goal. We're not very good at just sitting back either, holding on to a lead, do you not know think? Possibly not, but again. It's these, the I mean, Liverpool way, it's the Tottenham way. It's like you but don't... They, yeah, but
1: they were, they were games that were potentially league deciders, you know what I mean? And that's yeah. where a top manager would sit in and he'd, he'd look at it and he'd think, right, hang on a minute. I mean, you could say Mourinho did a job on him that day, that particular day, because he, he almost coaxed Liverpool to coming at him and leaving the space behind them I know mean, it was a slip by Gerrard but ultimately Liverpool could have sat and made that the most boring game in the history of TV and got the draw they needed 0-0 if need be and been halfway towards winning the league
3: The highlight of my weekend was Mourinho and Chelsea losing <laughs> Oh
2: that was brilliant
3: <laughs> His mad rant just hilarious Love it
2: <laughs> So uh, um, Dick Advocat's gone on um, his own accord um, Rodgers has been sacked
3: Rodgers has been well, Roger's.
2: He's been Rogers, so um, looks like Steve McLaren and Mourinho, uh, or somebody else possibly comes to mind, Um, but certainly those two, their position looks quite vulnerable. Not that I would would obviously wish um, any football manager to lose their job, um, except Mourinho, except Mourinho, um, and Wenger, and countless others, Um, but yeah, um, Mourinho. I like Wenger. You wouldn't trust it with your kids, though, would you? <laughs> no, no. All um, right, just on 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 Liverpool. That just, cheeky
3: just... smile of his.
2: <laughs> nice sweets. No, stop on, it. On 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 Liverpool. One thing which is quite amusing. Um, apart from since um, Benitez, going back to what my friend said today about Benitez, since Benitez took them to second in oh eight oh nine, and then he had that mad rant about Fergie. All right. Apart from that, from that season onwards, other than twenty thirteen, fourteen, when they finished second, when Rogers, um,
3: Gerard,
2: manager. Gerard got Rogers. Gerard got Rogers. Yeah, don't <laughs> don't let it slip, lads. Um, we finished above them every season, bar that season. Yeah. That was also the season where we, where we went through two managers, and you know had Avb get sat halfway through the season, and then, um, and then. Mr Sherwood take over Um, so and I look at the signings that that, um, Rogers has has made okay
3: so much money he's
2: spent so much money he's wasted absolutely you you look at okay any team if they lose somebody of Suarez's ability that's going to be a blow it's like when we lost Bale that goes without saying but apart from Sturridge perhaps Coutinho I look at their signings um and they're pretty poor. Who are they? Or, Coutinho, or, or, he said, yeah. He's, he's they, looked all right.
3: Yeah, last di- season. This season has been pants.
2: Or, or even the players that on paper are decent, like L- Lallana, Lovren, Lambert. What have they done in a Liverpool shirt? The thing, ben- is,
1: the thing is, Rogers bought Lalana from Southampton, where Lallana played in a, in a formation that let him get into the box and scored 20 goals. But then he picks him for Liverpool. Well, when he picks him for Liverpool, he seems to start on the bench most of the time. But he doesn't mm-hmm. play him in the same role. Yeah. And again, yes. for me, that's just absolutely ridiculous. Why spend twenty odd million on a player and then ask him to do something different?
3: I think he had, he got injured, didn't he, quite early on in his first season last season. Um, think, and then yeah, and then he came back and he was he was rarely picked, rarely picked.
1: I think he scored something like four or five goals from him in, in a season and a half. And that's on the back of 20, I think it was, with Southampton.
3: He looks half the player he was, doesn't he? I hate Absolutely. it when well, he, that bought to... he
1: bought Balotelli. He and bought Balotelli. And you... Balotelli or Southampton, one? Was
3: yeah. I was surprised. He 16 million you paid for Balotelli. What the hell?
1: It's an ego thing. Rodgers would have thought, I'm, I bet you any money on it. Rodgers would think, oh, I can change him. You know, I can, I can get the best out of him. That's on the back of people like Ancelotti and Mourinho who couldn't get anything out of Balotelli.
3: What, stri- but, what striker did he buy? Um, he
1: bought Lambert as well and then never picked him.
3: Wasn't there another big striker he bought?
1: Oh, I can't remember. He's bought several and then hadn't lined yeah. them out. Barini bought, didn't he? And Barini's never featured or rarely featured.
3: I thought there was a, yeah. a big name he bought. Who the hell did he buy, the big name striker?
1: He's got Benteke, but he's Benteke. into it at the minute. Yeah, yeah. Danny Ings.
2: Danny Ings, yeah. No,
3: Benteke, Lord. I'm thinking of.
2: Yeah. Um, benefit joke, really, let's face it. So, um, we've got them... On, I don't know if it's a good time to play them if they've got a new manager in place because there's always that theory that if a new manager comes in the players look to impress and so forth. So, we've got them on... Um,
3: I think it's always a out. good game anyway against them. I don't, it
2: will be. They don't and hold they, back. And... and they beat us at the lane last season. So, predictions. Guy. Wow.
3: Um, oh,
1: difficult. Oh, I don't know. I'm not going to have a bet on it but I'll, I'm going to go for a... Spurs win. I'm going to go for a Spurs win. I think it's going to be two, one.
2: Okay, Carol?
3: I'm going for a big Spurs win. Harry Kane's going to get a couple. I'm going, well, three-nil then. Ooh. I was going to say four. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, Two-nil. Ericsson and Kane. Which is incidentally what I predicted yesterday, so I was sort of right. Um, okay the um, but uh, yeah. Um, OK, alright, before we do questions, um, Bex has been looking at the Spurs ladies. So um, I know. here's hey, oh her <laughs> take on Spurs ladies.
0: Hi, this is Bex with an update on Spurs ladies for this week, commencing the 5th of October. As I mentioned last week, the ladies played Basildon in a Premier League match last Sunday. Nice little result. The girls won 4-1 with Avila Bergen scoring a hat-trick, which was nice. They also played last Wednesday the 30th of September, which we lost to Charlton Athletic again. Just like the senior team, the men's team, they're playing midweek and at a weekend. So this weekend just gone, they play Plymouth Argyle, and I don't have a result for that. But they play Thursday, the 8th of October at Enfield, Sorry, at Chesson, and they're playing Enfield Town. So if anybody's got some spare time, hop down and watch it. I did want to give you some more information about the players, but strangely enough, for the girls team, it's a lot more sparse than it is if you're looking for information about the men's senior team. Um, another name I wanted to throw this week was Jenna Scalacci. She's the skipper. She plays squad number 11. She's been with the club a long time, um, and she's our left back. If you have any questions on the ladies team, my name is on Twitter is at Bunches Bex. Um, thanks for listening.
2: Okay, welcome back, thank you Bex. Right, let's do some questions to finish off. Um, Greg Taylor asks, we sort of looked at this, should Potch's first substitution been Niji for uh, um, rather than Townsend? For Lamella, I think for Chadley he he meant to write um, Townsend. Townsend runs fast and sometimes get players because gets past players because of his speed. But but is too greedy, taking shots when he has teammates in a better position. Swapping him for Lamella wasn't even like for like like um, Townsend has no defensive element to his game, and unlike Lamella, he's no good at the intricate rapid. Passing and one twos uh, it's becoming a signature of our game now. Um, just on that final bit, yeah, he's not—he's not good at his. That, but that's not his backup. He's not—he doesn't do intricate, rapid fire passing and one twos. That's not part of what Townsend does. But he's got other qualities which he, he brings to the team. Exactly. Which,
1: yeah. Which got, yeah. Well, I mean, we've touched on that on that subject as a whole, and I've got a great respect for Greg and his, his opinions, certainly. Um, but on that particular occasion. I think, you know, to say that Townsend and Lemera are not like for like, with respect, I think that's the whole point of substitution. You know, he's, he's brought a different player on to change the way we were playing to try and win the game.
3: And he did change the way we were playing, which rattled them a bit, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, Greg, you know, Greg's been to an opinion, certainly. And if he, he doesn't fancy Townsend, that's up to him. Um, fact, I, know, I, think, I think we've touched on it. I mean, Greg hasn't been abusive about him, of course, but, you know, possibly. That's the reason behind the question. He perhaps doesn't fancy Townsend so much. But, you know, Pochettino sees things in training. He makes the decisions. And at the end of the day, I'm being, I didn't see enough of the game to make that judgment. But from what people are saying, he, uh, well, some people are saying he was awful. But others are saying he almost, you know, he changed the game in some respects. So, I could totally understand that that change, certainly. I remember in joy, still a young lad who's barely got any premiership experience under his belt. He's probably still been sort of getting used to the pace of the game as well. I don't know.
2: But the only thing I would say is it, it, it seemed slightly odd that Lamella came off first rather than Chadley, only insofar as Chadley didn't have one of his be- better games and Lamella did okay. So I was a bit surprised with that. But to be honest, it wasn't long after that um, that uh, Najee came on for for Chadley and I don't know. It might have been ta- tactical, and I and I thought when I thought when um, Townsend came on for Lamella, yeah, as I said earlier, he gave that bit of urgency, uh, a bit of directness. Did um, did Lamella? Like. Sorry, Jeff. Did did Lamella not play in the last
1: three games? I'm losing track of it a little bit, but I, I'm sure when Son was was fit, Charlie didn't play in that game, did he? No. Correct. Yeah. So Chadley maybe hasn't that's played, you know, yeah. it's an extra ninety minutes in the space of a yeah. week. So maybe that had something to do with it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Quite possibly. Right. um... Ator to- Toma, his Twitter handle is at eighty underscore Spurs. He asks, "Who would be your first choice pairing in central midfield when all of them are back and playing well?" I like that because
3: in attacking miss- midfield, does he mean? No, I
2: think I think he's talking about the the the, the pair the central pair. So your central mm. midfield, defensive midfield, the, the the two that's in in front of the. the, mm. the- um. Well. I'm assuming but, we're, we're, we're all, at the moment, on current form, I'm assuming we're all going to say Dyer as one of them. Yeah, yeah. certainly.
3: Yeah, defo. Um,
2: Personally, think, go on, Carol,
3: sorry, go on. Right, I was going to say, it depends who we're playing, but yeah. th- that doesn't seem to matter to Poch because it was Ben Mason. Ben Mason, wasn't at most of all last season, so he didn't kind of mix it up a bit. I think, obviously, you've got to have a mix of more defensive and more attacking. Um, Ali, I think, is a little bit wasted there. I think he needs a freer role. Um, he's doing well, but I, I think is he is he able to get back? And is he leaving us a little bit vulnerable at the back, particularly if teams are breaking against us and we're pressing forward? Um, I don't know. I don't like Guy said. I don't know. Do we always need to have two defensive players? <coughs> I don't think we do. But I don't think we've got two defensive ones. Mason possibly stands, comes back and plays defensively a bit more than. I'd say Ali or yeah. what, what
1: else I are we think, talking about? If you were gonna if you, I think if you were gonna if you were gonna go for two out and out defensive midfield players, let's for example
3: It be Le wouldn't
1: it? Exactly, yeah. I'm gonna say if we're playing say Barcelona or Madrid or something, you know, it'd be lovely to think we were doing that. But then you'd look at the two most defensive midfield players we've got and it'd probably be them two. Yeah. I mean Mason did a very good job in there as well. But you look at Manchester City at home and Dyer and Ali worked superbly in there. But then, uh, I don't know. Mm. I, I, I think you've got to... Sk-
3: <laughs> at the it, it, changes, it changes
1: week to week, doesn't it? I mean, if you asked me three weeks back, three or four weeks back, I'd have said play Dyer and Mason and let Ali be one of the three attacking midfield players. Mm. But in all fairness, I'm first to admit that Lamella, you know, he's made me eat my words a little bit. I mean, I want to see, you know, I've got to see a lot more from him to be absolutely convinced. But certainly at the minute, he's playing really, really well and the kid deserves to start. So...
3: Well, he got his chance because Ericsson was injured, wasn't he? Exactly, so, yeah. yeah.
1: And, then and he took comes, it. He did, do, of course he did, yeah, and he's played very, very well. He's, you know, he's, he's shut a few people up, he's scored a couple of goals, he's getting involved and I think he deserves a start.
3: I don't think Ericsson and Lamella play well together. It gets a bit too congested in the middle there.
1: Uh,
2: That's been said, yeah.
1: Yeah, um, I know, I understand what you mean. I I mean I put of the two for me it's Ericsson every time for me. And I know he's had his critics, I know he's has he has
3: He's had some poor games, isn't he? Yeah.
1: The thing with Ericsson, he, he for me, out of all our midfield players, he moves the ball quicker than, than most. He can play first time passes and start which I'm sure Lamella's capable of and he's shown it in the last couple of three games. But
3: Did Ericsson play against City? I can't remember.
1: He, he did. Did, yes. Did yeah. he come on a sub? Or did he start Oh. No, he started, didn't he? Because he, he came started. on the week before yeah. and set the winning goal up against, yeah. was Palace, it? Who was it? Palace, yeah. With a with a great first time pass, actually, which is what I'm talking about. Mm.
2: Yeah.
1: But I mean, I'd stick, I'd put Ericsson in, I'd put Son in, and I'd put Lamella in. And then mm. going back to the original question, as it stands at the minute, if we're at home, it'd be Dyer and Ali. If we were away at the Emirates, then I don't know, maybe, maybe Dyer and Mason. I'm not sure.
2: Well, I think, put it this way, I think once. Um... Mason, Bentlab and Dembele return and Dembele came off the bench yesterday which, which was good to see they're all going to have a difficult job if they're vying for those two places And bearing in mind that Mason can play further forwards and has done, I think he did against Sunderland or it might have been even before that Everton um, this season um, Dembele can play further as in, in one of the three and so and Dele Alli. but if they're all vying for one of the two positions one of the two, if you like. I, I don't want to say defensive, but the way I see it is, it's a four-two-three-one. That two, one of those players will be defensive, not necessarily both. That's the way I see it. Yeah, maybe so. Me it's, too. So it's yeah. maybe a, a Dyer and then somebody who can get up and down. Yeah, a little bit more. Um, but but they're, they've got their work cut out at the moment because Dyer's a definite. And on current form, I'd, pro- I'd probably say Alley, But that you know that's a good thing. Absolutely. It's good that we've got that competition. Um, As a follow up to that, Zach Gasnola asks Our our double pivot, that's the word I'm looking for, two defensive midfielders, deservedly looks like being dire, and one other. Is it fair that fans seem to be proclaiming Ali as the new messiah when Mason, Dembele, and Bentelab have done far greater things against tougher opponents? Who who was it, Mason? Who, Mason? Mason, Dembele, and Bentelab. Well, in my opinion,
3: the question is about proclaiming Ali as the new messiah.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, I mean, to be truthful, well, I'm not to be fair, but I can understand why people are getting carried away because at the end of the day, I think he's he's just more direct. Mm-hmm. He's you know, I mean, even little things like thundering into tackles, I can't think of it was when he came on a saw when he went steaming into a tackle, he got booked for it. But even things like that can get the fans on side because they see some passion in him. And whereas Bentele Mason and to a lesser extent Dembele set the world on fire last year. <coughs> they were what I'd call more than more often than not they were steady, and they did you know they they worked hard and they got about the pitchers doing their business. But Alex brought something a little bit different. He's got that goal against Leicester. You know he's had chances as well. He's created. I mean let's face it, he's probably created more than Mason and Bentaleb had all, all last season. And I just think he is an exciting player, but I certainly don't think that you know he's I mean I was going to say something five minutes, back that would have possibly really set him up on a on a high pedestal because I, I think if he keeps going the way he's going and he improves, he's got a long, long way to go. But he could end up being like a Vieira type player because he reminds me of the way he strides forward, he puts tackles in, he gets into the box. And Vieira, in, in many respects, was looked at almost as a central mid a, a defensive midfield player alongside Petit in his best days. And yet Vieira was also scoring goals on a regular basis for Arsenal. So maybe if Ali can do that and bring that into his game or consistency into his game, and you know, the more experience he gets, I think he can be a top player. But certainly to be pinning hopes on him at the, in these games at the minute, I think is, it's asking a lot of a kid that age.
2: Mm. Yeah, great. Okay, uh, let's just rattle through the final few questions. Barry Crowhurst asks, after two years of playing without a style, um, can we now say we know the direction we are going, and... Um, can we finally see the changes work um i question i question the, the first part of this statement about not playing without staff for two years but anyway
1: Do well, if, if if you mind me saying my thing i think personally um it's probably took all last season but Pochettino, it seems to me has got the players he needs to play the system he wants to play and the two key signings for me enjoy may well end up being equally as uh, as important, he's very, he looks very, very quick. But the injection of pace that Son's bought and the the dynamism that Ali's bought as well, I think. And then you know he, he possibly got lucky, but let's give him credit where it's due. He didn't rush out and buy, uh, well, he didn't rush out and bid for Snijder. It appears because he knew what die could do. It seems. Mm-hmm. Let's give Pochettino some credit. He was playing him in the friendlies. We were all doubting it, or certainly I was, and lots of others I know were. When he seems, you know, he's he's getting better and better. So he's got that <coughs> rock solid defensive midfield player to build on. And then the pace that they've got, and again, I don't want to keep repeating myself because it gets boring, but I was banging the drum all last season that we hadn't got the midfield players to get past Kane. And when you're playing one bloke up front, you've got to have that. Chadley, Chadley, to an extent, did it, but Eriksen got double figures, but most of his goals were from outside the box. Ali has already showed that he can get past the the centre forward and get goals. Son's obviously done it, and even Mason's done it as well. So, You know, this is possibly the big season for Pochettino because, I mean, again, you don't want to talk in these terms, but if we were to fail dismally this season, then you're possibly in a situation where there's no excuse about I haven't got. Not that I haven't heard him make it. It's the media more than anything else. But you can't turn around at the end of this season and say, well, he hasn't got the players he wants, because he really has basically. You know, he's he's, this is his squad now more or less and I think we are capable of delivering stuff and I think we will have a good season, but I, th- I personally think that's why, maybe that's what Barry meant, you know, that the system that has tried to play, because let's face it, I mean, I, I personally thought some of the football last year was turgid at times, very mm. slow and deliberate and, you know, pretty boring, but it's it's showing a lot of positive signs this season and we do a, we do break a lot quicker and we do get forward into the box a bit more, and maybe that's the style that has always been looking to play. I don't think he's changed anything in that respect. I think he's always wanted to play the
2: same way.
3: Do we high press? I don't think we do.
2: Mm. We, we don't always, I think. I think sometimes we do it really well. I, I think we, a great example of that was against...
3: Um, I think all teams do, do that very well when they break. I think <sighs> it's impossible to high press throughout the whole 90 minutes...
2: No, I, I, meant, I meant, absolutely, I, I meant over, we do it, some games we do it really well, like against um, the Scum, um, back in February, and then suddenly the next game we don't play with the same intensity. Mm. Um, uh, it's
3: hit and miss, isn't it? Yeah. I
2: think it, the high-pressing game, it's about um, getting after the other midfield, really,
1: which don't give them a chance to settle. You know, mm. you get all your, your, your midfield three, you um, and not just attacking midfield three; they have to get after the midfield players as well in the in the middle of the park. And then, obviously, if they do get through that, that's when Dyer and possibly Ali, if they're playing them too, it, that's that's what I um, understand the pressing game to be. And I think it. That, I think I read someone this week, or somebody said, "I'm telling you that Tottenham players have ran further than any other team in the Premiership. They covered more ground." So I mean that tends to support the theory that we do press. Yeah. Um, but. I think there's going to be times when I mean it's like Barcelona you watch Barcelona play it doesn't matter what teams press against Barcelona they keep the ball because they just keep it moving so quickly and if if that's the way you wanted to play your team that's the side you'd aim to to emulate because they are the best at it but imagine playing a pressing game against them would be nigh impossible because you just cannot keep up with the ball and maybe there's times this season when we have been cut out because we've we've hit teams that have hit a little patchy form during a
2: game do you know what I mean Mm. Um okay, just moving on. Um, talking of Turgid um, last season, um, Dan Wetzels asks, Can you tell the difference between Pochettino and A V B s tactics? Um, I know Carol, you've got a bit of a soft, soft spot for um for A V B. Um and and I liked him as a person. I thought he was a decent guy and I thought he did he did okay for us, but you're talking about sergid football style, it was pretty poor and pretty mundane when Avb was the manager. And I think that for, for me, the big big difference between Avb and Pochettino, two big differences I think Pochettino is a better man manager. I think Avb's man managerial skills um, left wanting t- times. I don't think, even though he had a brilliant command of English, I don't think he was particularly good with the media. Um, but in terms of style, they both played full but I've got to say, under Potch, we, we're a lot more fluid, we're a lot more quicker, um, we tend to use the width, and I think that's the big difference, whereas with AVB, we we're a lot slower, and it was almost about percentages, the way we did stuff.
3: I think, to be fair, potuccino has got a lot of the players that AVB only just got. He
2: yeah, got, that's he a got, good point. He
3: got all those new players. I don't want to keep harping on about it but d- defensively we were fantastic under AVB particularly his season without Bell when he bought all the new players um, our, defensively we've been shite up until this season under Potticino. Um I don't know is there a difference yes there's a difference they're different people they've got Potichino likes young players he's got a good young team now that seem to be playing for him playing for each other I think the camaraderie is good. It was maybe good to start under ABV and then it all went tits up and then, you know, it, it was awful, wasn't it? The morale and everything was low, so. I think,
1: per, for, I'll pick it up on what you just said there. I, I I think the biggest factor in all that for me was Gareth Bale. Because the, the season under A V B when we had Bale,
3: mm.
1: when he was knocking, you know, he ended up in his last season. But we played some good stuff that season. We were a decent, decent side to watch. I mean, and people will argue that Bale was, ever, he, he was a one-man team, which I've never, subscribed to at the end of the day he was a very very good player in a good side yeah but he bought the best out of other players as well he left i think avb you know who knows what the truth was whether he picked those players or whether they were foisted onto him i don't know but ultimately it was was seven new players so that camaraderie it's pretty much destroyed straight away anyway because you've got you've got more than 50 percent of your team are new faces He's got... So I think Avb was under a bit of a, you know, he was under a bit of a, a loser there anyway, because he was trying to build a team with a seven new players, and he'd lost his talisman.
3: And the expectancy of spending all that money as well, absolutely, was hugely on his absolutely. shoulders.
1: but Pochettino came in. You know, he'd got pretty much the same group of players. Again, no star in there. But then last season, but they'd, they'd, Kane... had,
3: they'd got used to playing with each other for at yeah, least a season.
1: Yeah, they had. But I think I don't think. There wasn't a player amongst that lot that I can remember. Once Bale had gone, there wasn't a player, I'm sure somebody will correct me on this, but I don't remember there being a player that when I was taking my seat before the game, I was looking forward to watching. Not an individual that would get you on your feet. I mean, we went from, you know, the sublime when in, in Harry's days when he had Bale, Modric, Van der Vaart, even Lennon, you know, in yeah. them days. It was a great side to watch. Yeah. And then all that lot went. And then Bale was the last one probably to go out of, the, out of those fig- that them players if you count Lennon because Lennon you know he started, his career was on the slide anyway but Tottenham by then I think and I think we've had two years where we haven't really had a player worth the entrance money and then last year by look at design call it what you want we found Kane and mm-hmm. Kane Kane was probably the shining light through what was pretty much not the greatest side in the world but now I think we've got Son and even in the handful of games he's played he's really looked exciting he looks a very very good player
3: hmm
1: I mean, that, you know, I, I, that's that's how I see it. I, 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 if I'm totally honest, I don't think there's an awful lot between A V B and Pochettino. If I'm truthful,
3: no, I, I think they're
1: both they're both capable fellas. They're both young managers. Mm. they have both got bits to learn. they will both go and do a good job if they stay at Spurs and move on. But I think it's the players that they had that you know pretty much governed the way we played, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, and I think as you said earlier, Carol, um, to be fair to. Avb, he didn't really seem to get the players that he asked for. Um,
3: did I say that? <laughs>
1: did you not say that? <laughs> yeah. Well, the big, the big one was that Moutinho, wasn't it? Apparently, yeah. who played against us the other night. But I mean, if, you know, if if Urban myth is to be believed, he was the one that he desperately wanted and pinned all his hopes on.
3: Anyway, he and won the league. He won the league with Zenit. Good for him.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, final three questions, really quickly. Um, so we're going to have to, one of these probably, um, they're, they're, because we've only got so much time, we'll, we'll just do them really quickly, although one of them probably, we won't be doing it justice by spending um, as much as time as we're going to do so. Um, okay, so first one, um, again, from Ator Toma, Toma. he asks, if you could bring back one expert player to join the coaching staff, who would it be and why?
3: Ginola. Because I think we're absolutely pants at crosses. Our corners aren't particularly good either. Um, and he could teach, he could teach them a thing or two.
1: Good shout. I'd personally go for Glenn Hoddle because for me, he's still the best player I've ever seen live, and I still maintain that he should be managing the England team. I think he's the most knowledgeable. Yeah. You've only got. I mean, you know, I mean, people. I get pelters for saying that because people say he's been out of the game for so long, etc. But you've only got to listen to ex-England footballers who still say to this day. He's the best coach they've ever had at international level.
3: You've got a um, you've got a man crush on him too.
1: Um, best player I've ever seen.
2: Yeah.
1: Best player I've ever saw. Well, at Spurs anyway, live. I've I've
2: not enjoyed watching England since. Well, I have, but I've not really enjoyed it as much since he was man when he- when El and when Venables. Uh, sorry, and when um, Hoddle after that were managing.
3: Um, you know afterwards. why we, we don't English? We don't have any characters in English game anymore. I think that plays a huge part.
1: I think you're right, Carol. But at the same time, again, I don't want to blindly stick up with Glenn Hoddle. But Hoddle had a great.
3: I'm not job. taking anything away from the managers because they had charisma and they had they had something about them as well.
1: I think Hoddle was kicked out too early. I mean, that's that's yeah. a whole new podcast. Ridiculous, in my opinion. But there you go. You know, and come the on, Eileen. The fella, yeah, well, at the end of the day, oh, that's another story. Darren Anderson says it worked for him. So what's the <laughs> harm? Seriously, though, what's it the harm? It was fucking
2: Ray Parlow, wasn't it? Can't. If it? If it, make, if it if it's beneficial
1: for one player in the squad, then I can't understand what the fuss is all about. But that's irrelevant. I can understand, you know, the religious beliefs and the rest of it. But my point is, whoever took over from Hoddle had exactly the same players. Was it Ericsson? I can't remember. We went it absolutely. Was Eric, it
2: was well. Keegan and then Ericsson, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, Keegan was just a bloke. He should have been Sunday League. I mean, yeah. Keegan's idea of tactics was to breathe deeply and come on, boys, which, you know. And I, as I say, I think England have gone spiralling downhill since then, despite the fact that we had the golden generation with people like Lampard and Gerrard. Mm. And, I, you know, for me, if Hoddle had been left in charge, then I don't know what we could have achieved. Because he, he, for me, he was the most um, tactically aware. and.
3: He left Gaza out, though, didn't he?
1: Yeah, possibly rightly so.
2: I, I don't want to say it, but I'm going to say it anyway, right? So Gosh if you not. look, if you look <laughs> up, if you look at our history, 1966, right? Sir Alf Ramsey, ex Spurs, managing England. 1990, Gary Lineker and Paul Gascoigne, both playing for Tottenham. 1996, you've got Terry Venables, ex Tottenham player and manager. You've got Teddy Sheringham in that team. In fact, most of that, I think, five of the five of the squads in. Five of the 22-man squad in Euro '96 were from Spurs. Terry
3: loved the Um, Tottenham boys.
2: Yeah. So, and the last World Cup, for the first time since I think it was 1958 or something like that. No Spurs players. No Spurs players. Yeah. Um, There you go. Right. Um, Point well made. If you could bring. I think we've got a few
3: coming through now, though.
2: That's true. That, that that's a really exciting thing about the, the the team now. And even if you look at someone like Ben who's not English, he's come through the um, the setup at Spurs, and that that's looks really nice when you've got your mm. your own coming through. Um, to answer the question, I would say he says if you could bring back any experts play... he doesn't say dead or alive, does he? No. No. So <laughs> I would say I would say um, two of our nineteen fifty push and run team. Sir Ralph Ramsey and Bill Nick. Okay. You've opened um, up
1: a whole new board game there if you're talking about deceased people. Yeah. But uh, certainly it's a good point. Right. <laughs> Do you have okay. final...
3: Necrophiliac?
2: <laughs> Who does <laughs> he play for? He's a, he plays for <laughs> Russian team, isn't
3: he? Polish! <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, right, final two, final two questions. Um, this, is, this is the one which I think probably needs a bit more time, but we'll, we'll deal with it as quickly as we can. Chris can... Cal asks, is being part of the back line the worst job in football nowadays when you can't make a physical tackle without without it being an offence? In reference to us last showing, we, can't, we can get physical. Guy.
1: See, uh, it, I can see what he means. I can see what he means because it's a different game now, isn't it? It's completely changed. Yeah, um, yeah, I, suppose, yeah I suppose it... It's it's just the game's played differently now. I mean, I yeah. I actually coach our defenders um, at, at kids level, and I tell them that your main the main job I want you to do is not necessarily win the ball off the opposition striker, but just make him play it backwards. Don't let him get past you. So it, there's more and more people stand up. They, you know, it's it's a common phrase, isn't it? You stand a bloke up, stand him up, rather than dive into a tackle. So, I think defenders, I mean, you look, watch some of the footage from the 70s. You've got people like Ron Harris and Tommy Smith. They're kicking, kicking that zy out for a pound. Yeah. <laughs> it was hilarious. You couldn't do that now. But at the same time, I think a lot of these defenders have become more technically gifted players as well. I mean, you could put, yeah. look at Vertonghen, for example, and I'm sure most clubs have got similar. You could put and or Alderweireld into any of the midfields of 10 years ago. And they'd be able to hold their own and play a ball. About, look, Dyer, look at Dyer. He's a centre-half mm-hmm. by trade. He's holding his own in midfield. But I take the point that certainly I would say over the years the defenders have had to adapt their game more than any other players, and um, <coughs> you, you know, for me, not not for the, or rather, it is for the detriment of the game in my opinion. I know it's designed to to protect strikers and that, and that's good. But at the same time, you, you can barely touch a bloke now, and they, it's a foul. And it's it's crackers. So yeah, in answer to the question, I suppose the, the defenders probably do get it tougher than most now.
3: There's so much technology around as well, watching everything.
1: Yeah, they can't get away with anything. That's a good point. Very but good you, point.
3: Then you've got players like Costa, who's stepping on defenders' toes and pushing them in the face, and he's bloody getting away with it.
2: Yeah. Uh, the thing going going got, say, I, go on, Jav, go on. I was just going to say, I, I don't mind two things. Coming back to your point, Guy, I think it makes for, it makes for better defenders when they've got to be a bit more... Um, Tactically astute isn't the right word. Just astute about and intelligent about how they um, defend when you can't necessarily always you know, no, right. go in. You're go right,
3: in Chad. They have feet. to be tactically more tactically astute, definitely.
2: Um, and also, see, I, I don't mind if football's change, and I, I've got no issues with you know, the fact that you can't go in with two feet and you can't tackle from behind and all that, and that's fine. But then equally, they need to stamp down on the things that Carol has just said, the the cheating and the simulation and the Diego Costas of this world, which I think is just as bad, really.
3: And that affects your defenders, doesn't it?
4: Yeah.
1: The biggest biggest gripe I've got regarding football now and the tackling side of it is the number of times you see players get penalised for what they call studs up. And when you look at it, it's just a basic stretch for the ball. And I defy anybody in the world unless he's the top ballet dancer. To actually stretch for a ball and keep his toes pointing at the ball, so his feet are flat. <laughs> it's it's a physical impossibility.
3: It's more a so you... sliding one, isn't it? When you're like right sliding in down down low on the ground with probably possibly one or two feet. Yeah, but, look...
1: but but your foot's going to be up. You know what I mean? There's going to be an element of the studs up. But if it's at the level of the ball and it plays the ball, I mean, for me, it, it's taking out the art of tackling. I mean, there's an art of tackling at the end of the day. Let's face it. <laughs> but you're not allowed to do it anymore half the time. No but there you go
3: lady boys now
2: <laughs> okay final final question um zach another question from zach zach Nola asks if you went if you went to an alley deli for lunch what sandwich would be the lunchtime special Anybody
3: want to answer that? I just thought we could have a good laugh and um, you know say things like Patrick Burger. You have a Patrick Burger sandwich.
1: Very good. Oh, she's been rehearsing this, haven't <laughs> she? She's, she's been Googling this all day.
3: Robbie <laughs> Cab- Cabbage is my
1: favourite.
3: <laughs> 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 I also found Sean Wright Fillets. That's quite cool.
1: Oh, very good. How long have you been on this for?
3: <laughs> Terry vegetables, <laughs> anyone? <anyway? laughs> <laughs> Enough
2: enough okay on that note um the next podcast i'm not doing one next weekend because there's an international break and because i can not do one so i'm not going to do one so the next one will be um week sunday the day after we play liverpool um carol thank you for taking part
3: oh you're welcome thanks jeff
2: guy thanks for thanks for taking part it's a pleasure thank you both um the future's bright the future's lily white good night
0: Come on Tottenham, stick it in the go. Come on Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. White our Lane has
1: seen its pain, it's had its low and nights. we fought our team through thick and thin and all those
0: boring nights. And when the game is done, we'll sing a song and talk it out all oh, night. No, have ever seen white and run on to that green Oh, we've seen them come, we've seen them go The name's up on our shirt Gods have failed as men are
1: hailed And faces in the dirt Now gather round and sing it out And we'll talk out over her